Chad Pennington uh, disintegrated into the universe. He is now a different form of matter. He's vapor um, because that's how insignificant he is in the history books of New York football. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Go For Two podcast, a podcast for frustrated football fans by two frustrated football fans. I'm Jenna Lique alongside Brad Klein. And Brad, this is episode... 10. I know we got all weird about episode 7 for some ridiculous reason, but episode 10. Now we have double digits. That's exciting. Um, I'm actually going to, instead of like a question, I'm going to, I looked up an article to try to like find, you know, significant number 10s in, in, in the NFL facts surrounding the number 10 to try to draw some type of conclusion. And what I, I was led to was an article written by Bleacher Report, a Bleacher Report writer, in 2011. And it is the top 10 best players according to Jersey number. And uh, in 2011, that guy was Eli Manning. So hats off to Eli Manning, a number 10 at number 10. Brad, do you have any other significant number 10s in oh, football, man. in life, that you, in that, life? You, that you would like to mention here? I used to wear number 10 in Little League. But as I mentioned in a previous episode, it's only because I couldn't wear 44. I know Casey, the real deal, Camille, one of our biggest fans, used to wear number 10. That was kind of his shtick. But other than that, no. I mean, if Eli Manning is your most significant number 10, then maybe it's just time to move on to 11 and just muster through this one. Well, granted, it is an article that was written in 2011. So the people who were honorable mentions in this article were Santonio Holmes and Deshaun Jackson. So, you know, we're a bit removed from from that era when, when they were all stars together. 2011, Chad, that was a long Chad time ago. Chad What's Pennington, up? Uh, Chad Pennington wore number 10. My boy. Chad Great, Pennington. Greatest quarterback in the history of quarterbacks. Chad Pennington. The man, the myth, the legend. Where is he now? That's my, that's my question. Where's Chad Pennington? Chad Pennington uh, disintegrated into the universe. He is now a different form of matter. He's vapor um, because that's how insignificant he is in the history books of New York football. Well, let's, let's talk about football. I mean, that's what we're here for, right? Talking about football. Um, not Chad Pennington. That's not what we're not, here not for. Chad, not no. Chad Pennington. But I'm starting to think, I don't know. So we, we, we hear here we hear that um, you know some players have tested positive for the coronavirus, especially in Texas. We have Ezekiel Elliott. He was you know the headliner, the big name that um, tested positive for the coronavirus. Just as the NFL is trying to you know move on, get their season going, I don't know how you continue on this pace if the coronavirus is gonna. Con- if so many people are going to get the coronavirus, as we've seen in, in Texas, there's been a steady increase. Do you think that Roger Goodell changes his plan or they're just going to keep going? I think the plan will probably have to be changed. I think they will continue to go unless the Players Association really raises concerns like we're seeing in the NBA right now. Just a few weeks before they're really starting to – they're supposed to start to ramp up. You have a, a coalition of like 80 players that say, oh, you know what? We're not a huge fan of this, so maybe not. You haven't seen that in the NFL yet. The coronavirus cases with the Cowboys and Texans, 
it, it's concerning, don't get me wrong, but the only redeeming factor there is that it's, it's concentrated in Texas. So worst mm-hmm. comes to worst comes to worst, maybe the Cowboys and the Texans just relocate for the season. That would be, that would be the worst-case scenario right now for Jerry Jones, for Texas football fans. But you can still play with the Cowboys, with the Texans, as long as those players who were diagnosed, including Ezekiel Elliott, are without the virus, they test negative for it going forward, then I think, I think they're fine. Because you have the two-week – I'm just thinking about the two-week two incubation period um, until, until this thing kind of goes away or where this thing could be traced. So I just don't see how – I don't know. I guess these players would have to right now be, self, be self-quarantining and – and not talk to anyone associated with the uh, NFL to not get this out beyond the teams in Texas. Um, I just don't see how, how that could happen. Um, but so, but. the NFL has proven time and time again, they're going to put the bottom line ahead of health every day of the week. And usually in that conversation, we're talking about concussions. Why would it be different now? What's the, what's the difference? I, I don't understand. There's a virus, and it's, it's worrisome. But do you think the owners care? No, absolutely not. Now, I don't think you're going to have a bubble. Like I said a few episodes ago, you're not going to have a bubble because mm-hmm. that just doesn't work. It doesn't fit the sport. But you could have travel restrictions. You could have an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference. The East only plays the East. The West only plays the West. There is wiggle room to be inventive. The NFL owners are not going to let a season slide. There is no way. This is a far more functional league than the MLB, and they're not going to be in that, in that boat. And they're, they're, they're just going to find a way because they don't care. They don't care if Ezekiel Elliott tested positive for the coronavirus, just like they don't care if Ezekiel Elliott gets a concussion or, God forbid, CTE. It doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter to Roger Goodell. And for that reason, I am not concerned in the slightest that the NFL will plug away. Good, because, you know, it would be a true shame to, you know, start, start this podcast, you know, when no sports are happening, hoping that the NFL will stay, will stay on pace to be told, no, no NFL season. <laughs> Continue to talk about football without an NFL season. That would just be horrific. Well, you know, that was my first instinct. When you approached me about doing this podcast with you, I'd be like, I, was, I, saw, I thought to myself, great, this sounds awesome. I can't wait to do this. Oh, wait, you want to do it now? Like, like right now? There's, there's nothing to talk about. What are we doing? And then, you know, I realized, okay, we could talk about things. This is me really paying my dues till we get to football. But uh, no, three, 365 days of of no football, of a podcast with no football, about football, that'd be rough. That'd be rough. But I got to tell you, for anyone that's listening right now, they've proven, Jenna, that they are true Red Dead Go For Two podcast fans. If they're listening now without games, can you imagine the viewership when we actually have football? The, uh, the, the listenership, for sure. Uh, I could say we're definitely going to see – See, all our true fans will stay, and we're, we're going to have some growth because we're literally talking about, you know, the bare bones of the sport of football. And, you know, it's – we hey, we put shows together, and we should be proud of ourselves because there's nothing going on. 
But something that is going on, obviously, is a, the p- pandemic. It is still happening, despite um, what, what it seems like with all the crazy things that are happening in our country today and in this past couple of weeks. Richard Sherman had some comments um, about coronavirus and what he thinks the NFL's approach is going to do, if it's going to work, if it's not going to work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the beginning of this statement um, and then just kind of summarize the rest. It's a long statement. If you, you can get the gist within the first couple of sentences. So um, this is what he said. In general, I think we need to go out there as best we can and live life. I'm just not sure that we can shield players from something that seems inevitable. What, what do you think of Richard Sherman's statement? I think it makes a lot of sense, and that's something that we've been saying. It makes sense. It is something that we've been saying. Call me a little off guard, to be completely honest. Richard Sherman is a huge, impactful, loud voice in the Players Association, former president, current vice president, and that voice carries a lot of weight. The league cannot afford to take this stance. Richard Sherman can. Richard Sherman is allowed to go out and say, yeah, this might happen to me, but look, what are we going to do? I mean, there's nothing we can do, so let's just go out and do it. The NFL, even though I firmly believe they don't care about the players um, as long as they can play, they, they, they can't say that just from a PR perspective. So it just caught me off guard, the, the brutal and harsh honesty of Richard Sherman. I'm very curious to know how many other players truly feel this way because Richard Sherman has a family. A lot of the players, most of the players have – families have children and wives and it's it's kind of weird to say yeah uh me playing is going to put myself at risk and uh inevitably my family but eh, it's all right i mean I, we have to play so what are you gonna do i think in his statement he he goes on to to talk about you know the tracing back and then continuing to trace back and trace back and it's there's there's no there's no stopping the spread of this in in a league like the the NFL, and I I mean I agree with him. There's not there's only so much you can do. It's either you have the season or you don't have the season. In in my eyes, it's it's either it's pretty black and white to me. Either do it or you don't. And then if you you do it, that's where you know the gray areas come because. What does he say? Are you going to have, you know, how many people are you going to have on the planes? Are they going to be tested? And he just keeps tracing it back. And I I can definitely see how how his mindset and how it makes sense. The thing that I'm not sure about, and I kind of wasn't thinking about until you just brought it up, how are other players thinking about this? Because I think that is probably an unpopular opinion, but it's it's something that it must cross some other players' minds. See, here's the thing. I actually think it's a popular opinion. I'm surprised that, of all people, Richard Sherman is taking this stench. Richard Sherman made $8 million last year. Now, $8 million doesn't seem like that much for a superstar player, a household name like Richard Sherman, Super Bowl champion. But in the context of the NFL, of the fifth-round picks that have just made the roster, the fourth stringers, the special teamers, $8 million. That is a lot of money. And if you made $8 million last year, you don't need to play a season. You don't. He can afford to sit out a season. Richard Sherman can afford to sit out a season, not make any income, and he doesn't even have to fill out unemployment. He doesn't. But that's not actually the case for all of the NFL players. Some of them 
not not saying that they'd be lining up in the unemployment line, but it would be a huge financial hit to them and their families because they didn't make $8 million last year. They made 500000 tops, less. So I'm just surprised that Sherman took the stance. I think it's popular, and I think it will become more popular given the weight and the magnitude of his voice, but we'll see. We'll see. Definitely a brave thing to say right now in the, in the world of and, and the age of politi- political correctness, being careful, walking on eggshells. Richard Sherman was just brutally honest and said, look, we can do whatever we can do. We can be careful. But at the end of the day, there's really nothing that we can do to fully pr- ensure our health. And I'm just going to have to live with that. We have some other 49ers news to talk about. Kyle Shanahan's contract extension, six years, $21 million. Brad, I'm going to ask you kind of a dumb question. Did he deserve this contract? Uh, yes. Yes, he did. Uh, the <laughs> I math. know it's ridiculous, but you know, you got to ask. Maybe you're going to have some off-the-wall opinion. It's funny. On paper, it's not a ridiculous question because his career record as a head coach, three seasons with the 49ers, is only 23-25. and 25. He's under 500. He only had one winning season. But, yeah, he's worth it because, first of all, it's only $3.5 million a year. So it's actually not even that much. Uh, Matt Rule just signed a, a contract for $8.5 million a year. Hasn't even coached a game for the Panthers yet. Wow. Yeah. From the Niners to the Super Bowl. Okay? Yes, it's worth it because the Niners officially turned a corner. The defense is huge. Garoppolo came into his own. And you can't look at the first two seasons under Shanahan as being indicative of what his contract should be. Oh, it looks like they kind of did, though. I mean, three and a half million dollars a year is nothing. He's not even in the top 10 for NFL coaches' salaries. I, I just can't believe that he actually signed the contract. If he, hung out, if he held out for a few more years, then this guy would have been making eight, eight million dollars a year. It would have been like Richard Sherman. Jenna, put it into perspective for you, okay? Does, just tell me, does Kyle Shanahan belong in this list? Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Sean Payton, John Harbaugh, Sean McVay, Mike Tomlin, Dan Quinn, Andy Reid. If I put Kyle Shanahan's name in that list, would you correct me? No, I, I think he is one of the best head coaches in the NFL. So Okay, so those are the top 10 NFL head coaches in terms of salary. I took mm-hmm. out Matt Rule who's in there for $8.5 million at six. I also took out your boy, John Gruden, who ranks third on the list. At of course 10. he does, because we wanted to sign him for a gazillion years. Yep, continue. Sorry, you're going to get me heated. If John Gruden's making $10 million a year, shouldn't Kyle Shanahan make at least seven? I mean, what are we doing here? John Gruden doesn't deserve half of what Shanahan's going to make, and yet he's going to make double. So it doesn't really make sense to me. Again, I think Shanahan could have made a lot more if he just waited his turn. I, I agree with you. I mean, he made – his team went – we're going to talk about first to – or worst to first in a second, but he he did that. You know, they were 3-13 and 13 the year before and made it to the Super Bowl. That's insane. He should definitely get paid paid like he's one of the top coaches. Yeah, you know, that did – John Gruden hasn't done that for us. So, scoot him above him. Give him a top, top three. Top three type type of money. John Gruden should just donate his salary. They should just exchange salaries. I mean, you just got to send it, send it up north. 
I mean, do, do it you. I mean, Gruden is a nightmare, especially that contract. I'll tell you, in a few years, you're going to be regretting it even more than when you actually inked him to $10 million a year for what? A, a decade? What was it? Something yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's 10 years. An era? Yeah. An yeah. epic? What are we doing here? Like, what? when did the dinosaurs live? It was epics and eras, <laughs> something like that, right? I and mean, this is all going back to my earth science class. Yeah, I, I was going to say, earth, earth science, I took it and left it. I left it in there. Epic is a thing. So is era. I'm pretty sure epic is longer. Who knows? All right, well, regardless, we're previewing what the NFL is going to look like in the near future. And I'll tell you, Jenna, the Broncos agreed to a multi-year partnership with FanDuel, the sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Denver, Denver Broncos. What do you think this means for the future of American football? Well, sports betting is in. It is something that is, is inevitably going to make its way around, around the, the other 31 NFL teams. It was smart of the Broncos to get on top of this. This is something that was allowed by the NFL starting May. Um, starting after after May, and they're the first team to jump on it. They got a partnership with FanDuel, and it's a super smart decision. This is the future of sports, is sports betting. It's going to be an element that um, becomes more of the norm as we continue into the next couple of years. So, you know, hats off to the Denver Broncos. I'll never say that again, but today I say hats off to the Denver Broncos. So just to be clear, FanDuel can advertise at Mile High Stadium now, they can use the Broncos logo in their advertisements and in their app, but they can't use any player images in their ads. So the players are not involved. That way they don't get royalties, what have you. It's just the Broncos and FanDuel. And Jenna, you hit the nail on the head. This is the future. This is what sports will look like maybe two years from now, five years, certainly 10 years. It's coming. And by the way, I know that you're not a huge gambler. That's what you think. Because I'm convinced that every sports fan is actually secretly a degenerate gambler. I, I just figured this out. When okay. it comes to sports betting, if you give me money in my FanDuel account, then, then it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> because first of all, I'm bad at it. And second of all, I'm going to blow it. Because I'm bad at it. So... Uh, yeah, it's great. The, play, the fans are going to latch on to it. I know I am. And it's going to be very interesting. Jenna, I think this is the first step to a new fan experience in the stadium. And we, we could talk all we want about live bets, prop bets from the comfort of your own home. But I think this is going to become part of actually attending games. FanDuel can do prop bets, live bets in stadium for the people sitting in the front row in the last row, and it's going to revolutionize the way we watch football. That is an interesting thing to think about because I'm thinking, like, now we're going to have, you know, the horses. It's not going to be the horses anymore. Everyone's going to be going out to, to your local uh, NFL team stadiums and, and try to win some money. But, I mean, anything to enhance the fan experience um, is something that I think should be tried. And – I, I look for I I'm assuming that you know, Las Vegas Raiders will be one of one of the first or around. I mean we should just based on location, um, and I'd be curious to see how that would work. Well, I'll tell you right now, and maybe this is an unpopular opinion. How how many NFL games have you been to? Have you been to any? 
I've been to one in my lifetime. Okay. Be honest. Completely honest. What'd you think? Eh, it was kind of <laughs> underwhelming. I felt really bad because I really loved the sport of football. Um, it was kind of gross. But that could have just been where I was. I mean, no, the, the Dolphin Stadium's nice. Who am I kidding? And I was watching the Raiders. It was good. Like, it was, it was fun. It was a good time, but it was underwhelming, I must say. Okay. It's underwhelming because football, more than any other sport, lends itself perfectly to television. Perfectly. Mm-hmm. We don't realize how important the yellow line and the blue line is until we get to the stadium. We're sitting really good seats in the front row at the 30-yard line, but we can't see what's going on because they're on the opposite goal line. And then we end up watching just on the Jumbotron. You're watching on TV at the game. So it, it's not a great experience, and people like to go. I don't think it's uh, regarded as a great, fantastic fan experience without the, the tailgating, the before and after the game. That's what a lot of people are invested in. It's mm-hmm. the courthole, it's the barbecue, it's the parking lot. Not in-game, not in the stadium. It's hot or it's cold. It's never comfortable. And you can't really see everything. That's why it's better to watch on TV. So if you add an extra element, if you add an extra incentive to go to the game, hey, you'll have access to these special prop bets or you'll have, we'll give you like, I don't know, a $15 credit to place prop bets on this game. If you go to this game, I think it's going to increase ticket sales. Because some, some teams have an issue with that. Not every team sells out every game, no doubt. I've but, said that in the, on this podcast. So, Are there L.A. Charger fans? No. Yeah, so, so you don't think the L.A. Chargers could use an extra incentive for their fans to get to the stadium? Of course they can. I think, I think it's going to completely change ticket sales and the fan experience. But, hey, that's betting. We're going to do a little bit of betting of our own. Every year, it seems like the NFL has a team that goes from worst – to first, a team that we don't even regard. We think they're in the, the sweepstakes for the number one pick. And then they turn around, the pieces come together, they go from worst to first place in their division and get to the playoffs. So we're going to pick worst to first right now. And the, we have a few options here. The AFC, you have the Dolphins, the Jaguars, the Bengals, and the Chargers. In the NFC, it's the Redskins, Cardinals, Lions, and Panthers. Jenna, who's your pick? I'm going with someone in my in my home division, not my you know central you know my Florida home. But I'm going with the Chargers. Um, I've been I've kind of been a Chargers person on this podcast. I've realized, which I don't know how I feel about that. I've also bashed them for having no fans, so I can, I'm kind of like bipolar when it comes to the whole do I do I believe in the Chargers as as a organization or do I not? Um, I'm going with with I do because. First off, um, right now there's a little confusion with who's going to play quarterback, but I think either of the option is going to be stable, especially with the the uh, the offensive weapons that they have. They have Keenan Allen and Michael Will- Mike Williams, not Michael, um, just to name a few, and that will help either quarterback, Tyra Taylor or Justin Herbert, whoever ends up playing for the duration of the season, it will – help them grow in this new system that they're accustomed to. The, the Phillip Rivers era may be over in, in Los Angeles, but they do have, have some tools to kind of continue the momentum that they have that the defense has given them. They're a top-rated defense with Joey Bosa, Derwin James, and Melvin Ingram at 
the core, the center, that they are who they are building around. If they didn't have as many injuries as they did last year, they would have been one of the best teams in the division, if not the league. But I do have some worries. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. This is not the perfect pick. And I went into that. I went into this knowing that this is not the perfect pick. I do have some worries. We have the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, they're the Super Bowl champions. And I don't know if the Chargers can take that first place position. But I think they're most capable of doing so within the division. Also, like I said, there are injuries that they have just been riddled with the past couple of years that have just been unfortunate and has kind of contributed to the point of my last point here, which is they're never able to meet expectations. It's always the Chargers this, the Chargers that. They really could become one of the best teams in that division. They could beat the Patriots when the Patriots, you know, were what they were. We'll see what they end up doing this year. But – those are, those are my concerns, but I think they have one of the best chances in the NFL to go from worst to first. Jenna, this tore me apart. The, the Chargers were one of maybe the top three, top two teams I was considering, but at the end, I just chose the most talented team, the best team that finished last in their division last season, and it's the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray, the offensive rookie of the year. DeAndre Hopkins getting him for nothing from the Houston Texans. They are by far the most talented last-place team last season. That's why I chose them. The only problem is they play in by far the toughest division in football. The Rams, who are coming off a, a bad season, but then again, Super Bowl hangover. I actually see them bouncing back. A lot of people don't. The Seahawks with Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, they are always reliable. And the 49ers, Super Bowl runner-ups last season. So I actually think you need – if you're the Cardinals, you're kind of relying on the Niners to have a Super Bowl hangover, kind of like the Rams did. But the Chargers make sense. The Chargers play in, in an easier division. I'm just worried about their quarterback situation, but they definitely have more potential, more boom and bust potential with Justin Herbert. Tyrod Taylor is safe. Herbert could get them to first place if, if maybe the Chiefs falter off for the Super Bowl hangover of their own. But there are other teams too. I, I'm thinking, first of all, Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't know about you, I think they're the least likely to do this because I think they're, they're first in line in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. I agree. So, I, 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 looked, I looked at the teams that were, you know, involved in, in this potential, you know, worst to first, and Jacksonville was definitely – I was like, there's too many oh, question marks. <laughs> I, think, I think the Dolphins have a slim chance to do it, though. I, I I've said it already on our uh, was it our schedule our schedule yeah. podcast. I've said it. I'm the the Dolphins are are a sneaky pick for sure. Yeah, but but it's only that would only work if the division is horrible. Like the yes. Buffalo Bills fall off a little bit. The Jets are the Jets, and the Patriots are not the Patriots, and they can win the division at eight and eight or something like that just by default. I don't see yeah. it happening, but it could. I think they're top three. If I didn't hate Matt Patricia so much, I think the Lions would actually be my pick. I, I thought about that, just thinking I never did ask, you know, before pod um, what your pick was. And I was like, he didn't go for the Lions. Like, no, he can't go for the Lions just because uh, can't do it. because can't do it. It, it would go against character of hating the Lions and hating on the Lions. Well, just, I just hate Matt Patricia. I don't hate the Lions. I just think Matt Patricia is a bad coach. He's bad at his job. And because of that, the Lions are bad. So, no. 
this tore me apart. I just turned my brain off, chose the best team. It's the Cardinals, and they need they need Garoppolo and Russell Wilson to get hurt or something because otherwise, tall task. Uh, yeah, that that was my thing. I was I I appreciate the the thought process behind what you were going for with you know they're they're technically the best team out of the teams that have the capabilities, but the division I don't see them beating any of those teams once, not even twice. So that's, even that's where compete. I disagree with you because they got swept by the Niners last year. Both mm-hmm. of those games were close. They gave the 49ers a lot of problems last season, and they're knocking at the door. I think the Cardinals are closer than you think they are. Yeah, so, I, I disagree. I don't think they're good. But we will have to see. We'll remember this. Respect them. Don't make that mistake because Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray is the real deal. Kyler Murray was the number one pick for a reason. So I think, I think the Cardinals have a very legit shot. Again, they gave the 49ers trouble last season. Looking at the schedule now. 49ers win by three points, 28 to 25 on Halloween. Then later in the season, the Niners just beat the Cardinals by 10 at home. Doesn't look like an average last place team to me. The Cardinals are a good team, and this is why. But, hey, that's what I think. Now it's time to go with what the internet was talking about. It's what was trending. And, Jenna, I'll let you start this one off. The Madden 21 release was today, at least the trailer release. And... Like I've mentioned before, I do not have a Premier gaming system. I have a Wii. And the most recent edition of Madden I have is Madden 10. So you better believe when I saw this trailer, it blew my mind. I was like, wow, they look so much like the the players look so much more real. Everything just looks great. The stadiums look great. Um, I was I was um, amazed. But then I realize I am probably not the best person to be speaking about video games, especially Madden 21. So I decided to, you know, like you said, you said in the toss, look to the internet. Cause that is what, what is trending is all about. And I, I, I looked it up to see what people were thinking and saying. And a lot of people were left with a sense of confusion of what this new addition is supposed to entail. They had a lot of, they had four main things that they highlighted in the trailer. And a lot of fans and people that were expecting this were kind of confused as if they, if, if they changed anything. They, they weren't sure what the difference was. And this trailer was much awaited. It was, it was, it was held back to be released. So this... EA Sports really built up some anticipation and it left it left fans underwhelmed, confused, and thought the whole thing was vague. Again, I thought it was phenomenal. They had in the beginning a little um preview inside Allegiant Stadium, the video game version. So, you know, a little nod to us and and right off the top, but largely disappointing for everyone else. See, but here's the thing. Just because I'm a casual video game fan, sports video games, I enjoy them when I play them with friends, what have you, but I can certainly go without them. Some people can't. Some people are addicted to this stuff, and they play Madden all the time. I only play Madden during football season. Here's the bitter truth. I don't know how they do it in the Weverse, but (laughs) 
they update these games every year. There are two differences with the games. One, the rosters, the rosters are updated. Two, the year on the cover is different. Madden 21 as opposed to Madden 20. Other than that, it's the same game every time. Same controls, same look, same thing, same shtick. It's the same. Sometimes they add like a different game mode or feature that I'll just never use because I only want to play Jets Patriots all the time. But other than that, it's it's the same thing. For my what? Can I have two? What was trendings? By the way, Am I, is that allowed? By the, uh, I'll let you have it this time. Okay, because one of them's breaking news, and you're probably interested in it. Yeah, yeah, I am. The Pro Bowl is heading to Las Vegas for 2021. So that's my what was trending. Got that 12 minutes ago as we record this on a Tuesday. But, yeah, there you go. You have the draft for how many years? You have it for, like, the next 20 years. <laughs> no, no, you have it for 2021, if I'm not mistaken, and you also have the draft. So, hey, uh, not the draft, excuse me, the Pro Bowl. So, hey, you know, I know you wanted to get there for a game or the draft. Now you have another opportunity. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with this. I'm happy. That's my initial reaction. Give us, I keep saying it, give us a moment this season. And it looks like we're going to get a minor moment because no one really watches the Pro Bowl and it's not that big of a deal. But it is to me as a Raiders fan, as a, hey, we're here. We are now your new location for an NFL franchise. To be honest, I probably won't make it over there uh, for the Pro Bowl. January 31st was the target date for that. Um, probably not not going to ha- just have the time to. And the the Pro Bowl the past couple of years has been in Orlando, and I haven't made it up there. So I don't know how this is going to change it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But, hey, this is actually – this is good for the Raiders. If, if, if Allegiant Stadium doesn't mess this up, which I'm not eliminating that from the, from the list of possibilities. They could. They could mess it up if they don't. I think Vegas could end up being pretty much the permanent location for the Pro Bowl, just like Hawaii was a few years ago, many moons ago. It was Hawaii, and that was their that was their shtick. But Vegas, the players are going to want to go to Vegas, and it might actually be a good way to entice players to actually play in the game rather than receive the Pro Bowl honor and then say, oops, I have a boo-boo, have someone come and replace me because I don't want to risk an actual boo-boo in the play in the pro bowl. So that's, that's my flex. What was trending, but my actual one, well, it comes with shades, Jenna of Tim (laughs) Tebow, because what does baseball need right now? Baseball, probably not going to have a season losing its fans. So what do we need as baseball fans? Well, we need another terrible, atrocious, unforgivably bad jets backup quarterback. That's what, that's what baseball needs. Tim Tebow is not working out, but how about Christian Hackenberg, the 25-year-old failed NFL quarterback, failed AAF quarterback. Heck, he might have even tried the XFL, but now he wants to become a pitcher in the MLB. And Jenna, he has some experience pitching. You want me to read you his stats? These are, these are legit. All right, tell them to me. 25 and two-thirds innings pitched in high school which is not not many just to be clear not a lot he struck out 33 batters he walked 40 which is not good he hit five not good either a seven 
7.36 ERA. 7.36. And when I saw these numbers, I just thought, wow. I didn't think that Christian Hackenberg could be worse at a sport than football. But it turns out this is actually a struggle. 7.36 in high school. And you have the audacity to even consider yourself on a major league mound. Come on. Have some more respect for the game. At least, at least admit, you know what? Pitching is hard. Maybe if I wasn't good in high school, I won't be good in the MLB. Maybe. Just admit it. He was better as a hitter. He was by far better as a hitter. 10 home runs, a 378 batting average, and 148 at-bats. That's actually good. That's yeah, why is he pitching? <laughs> I don't know. Why is he pitching? I have no idea. I was watching, I was watching the Sammy Sosa-Mark McGuire documentary uh, last night, actually, and, and Mark McGuire said that he wanted to be a pitcher. And I said, why? <laughs> why? You're a big guy. You probably can't even throw that hard and you hit the ball a country mile, why would you want to do that? Christian Hackenberg, why? Because you were a quarterback, you think, oh, I will just throw, I will be pit. No, that's not how it works. Have more respect for a game that, quite frankly, right now, doesn't deserve your respect. But just do it, do it for me. Because I can't, I can't bear to see another backup Jets quarterback attempt baseball. And while we're on the subject, Jenna, I firmly believe that Christian Hackenberg is the worst draft pick in the history of draft picks. Firmly believe that. A second-round pick on Christian Hackenberg, who was good his freshman year. Well, he was great his freshman year at Penn State. Good in his sophomore year. Okay in his junior year. And horrible in his senior year. (laughs) No, no, but he was regressing. It's not even Mm -hmm. like... Ramping up, he was supposed to be good. He had great combine metrics, and hey, the Jets took a chance. No, he was bad. He was he got worse in college, and the Jets said, "Yeah, Christian Hackenberg, that's our guy." <laughs> no, doesn't work out. Doesn't work out in football, in various leagues, and if you can't play in the AAF, you probably can't play in the MLB. But hey, I'm frustrated with Christian Hackenberg. Believe it or not, it's not. My fan frustration. Cue the music. Fan frustration. It's our flagship program. It's fan frustration. And Jenna, while I have the mic, I'm going to hold on to it because Miles Garrett and the Browns are close to signing a mega extension to keep the defensive end in Cleveland. Now, this is the same Miles Garrett who almost killed Mason Rudolph on Thursday Night Football in November. Crazy. And despite that, despite that, Cleveland says, yep, we want to build our franchise around this guy. This guy is the key. He is the guy that we want selling the jerseys, that we want the kids looking up to, to sell tickets. He's our guy. Now, I know what you're thinking, Brad, what are you talking? You're not a Browns fan. But Jamal Adams, ah, Jamal Here Adams. Here we go again. The show. He went out and said, huh, Miles Garrett is going to get a big extension. I'm not. Like, how does that work? I'm a model citizen. I do charity work. I'm Mr. Make-A-Wish. I'm always there. And it turns out all I really had to do to get my money, to get my extension, is concuss a man. That's all I had to do. Huh. Go figure. 
The Jets, I, I understand. Defensive end is a more valuable position than safety. I get it. But in principle, does this make sense? Jenna, just, t- does this make sense? Come on. It makes, it makes no sense. <laughs> Miles Garrett was not even in the NFL a few months ago. He, was, he had to be reinstated. The NFL kicked him out of the league. Jamal Adams has been the crown jewel of the Jets ever since he was drafted. The only good thing that, that the Jets have done since, oh my God, I'm trying to think. Huh. Christian Hackenberg was a disaster and a half. Leonard Williams didn't work out. Sam Darnold, sure, but oh my God, Jamal Adams is one of the few successes I've seen as a Jets fan. And now, now, the NFL is, is valuing Miles Garrett over Jamal Adams. The Browns value Miles Garrett more than the Jets do Jamal Adams. And that just pains me to see. It's disrespectful. Yeah, I, I was just, just going to ask, like, for why? Like, why won't they just pay this guy? I'm, t- I'm tired. I'm frustrated. They have to continue to hear you be frustrated about I Jamal Adams. I feel bad for you. I feel sincerely bad for you because I, I know when I said Jamal Adams I saw you cringe and blood started to trickle out from your ear I get it I get it but but this is very frustrating okay I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired this is over it's done Miles Garrett did one of the most unforgivable things Jamal Adams never you never hear about Jamal Adams off the field oh he was at a nightclub he got a D no never you can't ask any more of a player. If any safety deserves an extension, money, it's Jamal Adams. Just pay your guys, move on. He's going to make your football team better. Pay your guys, move on. I'm sorry. I can't talk about this anymore. I'm, I can't. I can't do it. You go. I can. I'll take the mic from you just, just to ease you from, from all of this. Um, I have a similar fan frustration to I feel like it was one of my most recent ones and it's rookies who haven't even done anything in the league yet because of everything that's going on and you know you can't have your rookie camps you can't do anything and they the season hasn't started I want the Raiders rookies to be out of the headlines I do not want to see it my I'm talking specifically because it was Probably a week ago um, at this point, um, right after we filmed our po- last podcast on Tuesday, Lynn Bowden Jr., the I think he's technically going to play running back. He can play a plethora of positions as he did in college. He was, was in the news because he was at a friend's house. He was at somebody's house. I'm not going to say friend. I'm not going to allege things, but he was guests of the whoever these people were um and a dea agent came and the dea not just one agent but you know they came and they investigated and and looked through the house and everyone who was there was put into handcuffs why is this happening like why i understand that might not have even been your fault but stay out of the headlines. If don't hang out with people who might be bad news, just stay out of them. I do not want to see it. I don't want to hear from you, you know at who all. Happened to who? Jamal Adams. Mm. Just saying. 
Good connection. <laughs> Just Good that. connection to Just add fuel to the fire. He's never even there. He's never involved. It wasn't his fault. I get it. I get it. Jamal Adams never would never be here. But go ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. It's it's just frustrating for me just because like it's, you haven't even started in the league and there's already there's so much everyone has something to say you have sponsorships that are having you know sponsors who need to release statements now stay out of the spotlight while you are a rookie especially when you haven't even done anything in the league cuz the league hasn't even started i don't want to see you in the news I don't want to be worried about you. My, you know, esteemed class of 2019 draft class, we love them. We cherish them as Raiders fans. We didn't have none of this nonsense. Stay, just stay home. Goodness gracious, stay home. Don't do anything. That's always my advice to anyone who who gets themselves in in a sticky situation. My advice to them is always stay home. Stop talking to people for a bit. It might do you some well. I feel like Jenna is the mother of the Raiders fan base. Like if, if she had it her way, she would just take the, the draft picks for the Raiders every year, wrap them in bubble wrap on their way out the door and just say, be careful. Don't do anything. Don't talk to anyone head down. And if you, if you start to drift off, just think about football, football and football. That's it. No fun. I'm a helicopter parent. Yep. You're a helicopter fan. And that's all I speaking of which, what would you say? What would you think? If, if Lamar Jackson played for the Raiders right now, because that, that would be your fan frustration, right? You see what happened with him? Toppled over a jet ski, the guy. His legs yeah, that, are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Guy toppled over a jet ski playing beach football. Hey, well, that's the uh, – stay off the jet ski, but, you know, remember what I, we just talked about. Football, 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 and only football. So he was playing beach football to stay off the jet ski. If he can run fast in sand, you can run fast on turf. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Football all the time. Yes, I will say that. But here's my question. You know how you know, if, you're, if, you, if you work and you don't want to like – I know a lot of sports broadcasters, for example, when they get home from work, they don't watch sports. They just they turn on the news, anything but sports. They, they have to separate themselves from work and life if you're an nfl quarterback and your friends insist on playing beach football with you wouldn't you want to play like receiver or something like why do you have to be the quarterback all the time all the time just saying i don't know something to think that, about that, that that's a good question but you, you know tell me that lamar jackson wouldn't make a fantastic safety you try you try throwing to the end zone between the sand dunes with lamar jackson playing center field and lurking there come on I'd love to see it. And as, as you know, a lot of uh, people who wanted to anal- uh, analyze, nope. Well, yeah, a lot of people who wanted to give some analysis on Lamar Jackson, uh, Jackson and his future in the NFL prior to his breakout season, he could play plenty of positions. He doesn't have to be a quarterback. So maybe, maybe he does switch and we don't know. We don't, sometimes he isn't a quarterback when he plays, you know, with his friends, but we're going to have to leave that to the imagination because this is the end. This is the end of episode episode 10. Big, big accomplishment. I mean, this is the one I was looking forward to. And I was glad I was able to be, you know, the first voice you heard at the top of this thing. I'm going to be the last voice as we exit. Go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter at the go for the number two podcast. 
Um, that's where we're going to have all our, our up-to-date podcasts. That's where you can get those links. Check out what we're doing. But we also announced last week that we are now on Apple Podcasts. So that is the way you are going to want to listen to this podcast. But we are understanding and we are inclusive. Do not get that twisted. We are. So if you do not have an iPhone, I really don't know why you don't. But if you do not, you can still go to YouTube. We're we're very forgiving. We'll let you still go to our YouTube channel. We'll even let you subscribe, leave a comment, and like things on our YouTube. That's how forgiving we are and inclusive we are. So you can get each episode, each current episode will be up and you will also get to see our fan frustration, Frustration Friday segments that we re-upload every Friday. So stay tuned for that. I know no one uses SoundCloud anymore, but we do have some of our previous episodes on SoundCloud. So that is an option for you non-Apple users. One other thing you can do is send us an email at the go for the number two pod so not podcast like usual just pod at gmail.com yeah send us an email if you email us a suggestion we think it's good hey we'll talk about it on the next edition of the go for two podcast so be a part of the podcast and that is where we'll close that is all we got for today we look forward to speaking about football whether the seasons come under the seasons going we'll see you all next week